You are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Brian Hartley. I'm one of the producers on the show. And before we dive into today's episode, uh, we wanted to give you a quick intro into the next few episodes. Uh, Podcasts, especially Battle Ready, love to go long. And as much as we love a long episode, we wanted to try to limit the conversations, not just for content, but to get you right to the good stuff. We'll leave you with insightful and meaningful episodes, and then I'll let you get on with your day. Who knows if they'll actually uh, go shorter, but it's going to be a fun experiment for sure. So let us know in an email or a comment on Instagram if you're liking the new format, and uh, let's just jump into it. You were listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my father. Good morning. Erwin McManus, he is here with us. We also have our two producers in the booth. We got Brooke Odom Figueroa and mm-hmm. VR Brian Hartley. Right. I'm going to add some air horns after my name. <laughs> you have a mic now, Brian. You've upgraded. I've always had a mic, but now you can actually hear me properly. We can actually hear you. That's but, amazing. Without cracking the door and being like, what? <laughs> so here we go. Let's get this show rolling. We're going to do a couple different subjects today, but we're excited to be back. We were in New York last week, and now we are back in Los Angeles. And speaking of New York, New York has been hit with a massive snowstorm. snowstorm. <laughs> and I wish I could say, I'm glad I'm out, but I would have loved to have been I there. Know. I just I've, really wish I could have, I know. could experience that snow. And I, I have friends sending me photos, and it's like, I'll trade you. I'll trade you right now. <laughs> but did you see that it snowed on the beach in El Porto, Manhattan Beach in Los Angeles? I heard about that. Over no, the I weekend, didn't see Friday. it. Friday. That's incredible. We came into the office and Matt Pagan, who's our our you know our designated pro surfer, and and he was like, "Did you see that it posted?" One of our favorite stores posted a photo, and then our friends were posting it, and then our buddy lives on the beach, and he's like, "It it was hail. I guess it was like hail, mm-hmm. but it it hailed so much that wow. it looked like snow." Wow. So both Manhattans. Both had Manhattans snow. had snow. That's amazing. I it wonder is. how many times in history that has happened. The best part of Friday was when Nicole Lewis said, oh, it's a snow day. <laughs> Let's go home. <laughs> and then my brother lives in Detroit. Okay. And I guess they got hit pretty hard with winter. And I asked him, are you guys freezing to death? And he said, no, the seal fat on our bodies protect us. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing talking about Detroit because the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams traded quarterbacks. Which is the first time that two number one quarterbacks have been traded for each other. Ever. And then it's the first time since 2005, I want to say, that, it, that quarterbacks have been swapped. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah, so I, you have to wonder how you feel when you get traded and because no matter how it what the spin is, they didn't want you. Right. Right. You know, well, except for Stafford, he didn't want them. So I guess it depends on who's breaking up with who, right? He said goodbye, Detroit. Hello, LA. But he did give him a decade of his life. He did. He and did. they he never did. built a team around him. Well, that is such th- is such an interesting thing to me about football. Like where basketball, I mean, it is like a boggle. It's like that game boggle. You just <laughs> hit, hit it and the letters jumble. Superstars go to different teams. It feels like every season, every contract well, superstars seem to talk to each other in the offseason and join each other on teams. Right. They decide to make, you know, super teams. Is the issue <laughs> with friendship in the NBA? Well, they become friends, they see each other, and they're like, let's... Like, I love that they they have footage of the KD and Kyrie moment where they were wow. talking, I think, at the All-Star game. Was, was that Brian? And they're, like, yeah. in the tunnel, and they're both, like, covering their mouths. Yeah, and, there's a pretty famous photo. And they, they say that that was the moment that, that mm-hmm. I think Kyrie was like, KD, let's go to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I might even play some. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, ah, we we look. <laughs> Kyrie's like, I might even play a little bit. <laughs> I might. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna miss at least three weeks, but I'm gonna play a little bit. I mean, isn't there a moment when the um, when OKC lost to Golden State 
like when they were uh, like they came back three one and like you could kind of see the moment KD was like, mm. I'm gonna go there. <laughs> I'm gonna go there. I ain't coming back here. I'm gonna go there. Um, okay, so, oh, so did they have a conversation for the hardener? Or that's something else. <laughs> oh, that, that's something else. That's something else. So they oh, but, traded well, Stafford. Stratford. Is it Stratford or Stafford? Stafford. Stafford. But one of the differences is that in in basketball, you have five players who play offense and defense. So they have a disproportionate amount of influence in terms of the the um, the strength or weakness of the team. Right. In football, you have 22 players, and no matter how great of a quarterback you are, you're out of the game at least half the game because you're not playing defense. Right. And you're dependent on 10 other players who have very distinct skill sets. And so greatness in football doesn't translate in the same way that greatness in basketball does. Okay. And which is kind of an interesting kind of dynamic in terms of life, right? Because um, if you take one extreme, tennis – Right, it's you. Right. You're Rafael Nadal. You know, you're you know, uh, you're Serena Williams. Yeah. You get to win or lose based yeah. on your talent, right? And and then you have the other end of the extreme that maybe is like pro football. You're you could be the greatest quarterback who ever lived, but you're if the you worst have, defender that's ever lived. <laughs> but if you have the worst defense and you have a terrible offensive line, right. you're going to look like rubbish. And, so I ha- yeah. so I have a question. Yeah. Well, I don't remember the question. Oh, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting talking about greatness because your message on Sunday at Mosaic, mm-hmm. Mosaic's our church, it's home, was the drive for greatness. Right. And we've been doing something really interesting in January where we've been playing the hits. We've been, we've picked, we handpicked five of some of, we've, we picked like seven to 10 of some of our favorite messages that you've ever done. And then you nixed a few of them because you're like, no, no, I'm saving those. We'll release those at a special date. <laughs> and then this last week was a drive for greatness. You had some interesting basketball references. I didn't realize you roasted me in the beginning when we were playing basketball. I guess I called you out for pouting. But you mm. connect um, being spiritual, being a follower of Jesus, and the mandate for greatness. Yes. Versus... I think a maybe cultural pandemic that we have in Christianity or in, in people who follow Jesus that we need to be passive. And I think you talk about uh, peaceful Jesus versus <laughs> in the Bible it says you need to run your race. Yeah, it's different between – there's a difference between peaceful Jesus and passive Jesus. And I think the problem is that we kind of see Jesus as passive, not right. not peaceful. Right. Uh, but I'm, I mean I'm running on the treadmill and I'm listening to – the gathering, and it gets the message. It's kind of usual listening to yourself talk, but when I got to that point where I said, I'm sick and tired of being a part of a culture where they uh, dis- they d- um, define mediocrity as spiritual, mm. and and I just yelled. I mean, like, I yelled at the screen uh, because I feel like that is a part of the um, the lethargy of faith, is that it's almost like, oh, you know, you believe in Jesus, so just live you know, an innocuous life, live a mediocre life, live an average life. And, and, and it just frustrates me that we don't have more celebration of people who are trying to aspire to greatness. Wow. And, and you know, because somehow we... But we do outside of faith. Yes. We celebrate greatness outside of faith. We just talked about two great quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, you could, you could determine whether one is great or not because one got traded with five million first-round draft picks. Yeah. We talked about great basketball players, but... We don't often talk about greatness inside of faith. No, like I'll just give a shout out here because um, Jerry Lorenzo shifted from Nike to Adidas. He, he flies up to Portland yeah. to get welcomed by um, Adidas, and there's a 
a massive building. It looks like a, an equivalent to a LeBron celebration, giant yeah. uh, photo. picture, photo of yeah, Jerry. Jerry yeah. And I'm like, way to go, Jerry. And I just, I want to stand up and just applaud and say, man, well done, yeah. you know? And, um, but a huge part of like, sometimes the Christian conversation is, wait a minute, you know, you're only supposed to be doing things to glorify God. You're not supposed to be doing things to glorify yourself. And I, I always tell the people, said, look, you at your best, uh, doesn't infringe on the greatness of God at all. <laughs> and, uh, you also have someone, and we've talked about Jerry a lot, but you you also have someone who is constantly giving back to towards his faith, giving back glory, giving back uh, a confirmation of where he, where his faith comes from and where he where so much of his strength or his artistic uh, genius comes from. And I think so. It, it really, and I don't think it's that you know. There was a football player that at one point who always kneeled and pointed up, yeah. and it or or you know like yeah. always took it, and I, and I don't think it's and I, then people called it out because it was cheesy, but I'm like he was he was expressing his faith in the best way that he knew how. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes faith can be can be tough because it's so broad, you know, like like and you can call someone out for someone else's faith and going like, hey, you you're great. I wish you were less like this in your faith, but you're like, no, I think people when you achieve greatness, great people are bizarre sometimes. Yeah, but you know one of the mean? things, one of the points of genius I thought was how in his initial video he talked about the Trinity. He took advantage of having the three stripes in the Adidas yeah. and using that as a way of merging together this almost. Um, it was like a metaphor waiting for someone to unwrap it. Yeah, he co-opted their branding, which I thought was phenomenal. That's just genius. And that's genius. And that's like, that is <laughs> yeah. the incredible, that is, but that's also the incredible nature of, of an artist, right? Being able to not just create something that's incredibly successful as a mm-hmm. businessman and as a creative director, but actually someone who goes, I found a storyline and I, I plugged into it. Yeah, my, I, I was able to bring my narrative inside of the narrative that was already there. And it, yeah. And, and and by the way, that's one of the powerful things, even when Christianity went to Ireland and there was the Celts there and they had all these symbols of this triune expression of divinity. And, and it was really the Trinity that unlocked faith for the Celtics and, uh, and how they began to be drawn to the message of Jesus because of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this is kind of like an attachment to your message a bit on greatness <laughs> and... and, and, and not just locating greatness and identifying greatness, but how do we be great? Because, you know, one thing that you talked about is lethargy. And I, I feel like I was in New York with you this last week, and we were having a lot of conversations about lethargy and apathy and, and this just this heaviness of, mm-hmm. of 2020 that's carried into 2021. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have a lot of excitement because of the first day. <laughs> this is the first day of February, right? Yes, it is. First day of February. Shout out to Mariah's Mariah McMahon is Goss because her birthday is in two This days. is her birthday month, as yeah. she lets us birthday know. Birthday <laughs> month, February 3rd. She's an angel. But we were talking about this heaviness that we wake up with or go to sleep with or during the days. And, and I know, like, I know that I fight it. I know mm. that I fight this. I'm not even in the conversation of, I can't even get into drive of greatness because I'm in the lethargy of neutral. <laughs> right? And I'm like, this is nice. <laughs> And it's not even nice. It's heavy sometimes. I feel exhausted. And, and, and like, I have to remind myself, you're grateful. You're grateful. You're happy. You're happy. There's so much to be grateful for. You, you, there's so much to be happy for. The blessings of yesterday are carrying into tomorrow. Like, even though you went through a hard January, how do you push through to February? Mm. Could you give us some, because I don't know what we were meant to talk about on this first podcast that we were recording, but we're talking about greatness right well, this now. This is good. First Can of you all, give when, us some handles. Yes, but I'm going to push back because you said that you're just trapped in the lethargy of, of neutral. neutral, and yet you were 
at Mosaic all day Sunday working. We were like, what did you do? You text me last night. You're like, hey, how are you? And I was like, we often check in with each other. Yeah. Even though we only live like five miles from each other. And you're like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. I just love Mosaic. And you're like, of course. Yeah, because <laughs> you're going to work. And <laughs> right. So if, I wasn't if, here alone. We had a whole team here working. And I knew you would have a whole team. Right. And, and yet if you're what lethargy looks like, I don't know if anyone has any hope because you work a lot. <laughs> but I, you're right. I was here Saturday too, actually. Yeah. But I was here because I wanted to see Chad Brokaw, one of our amazing pastors and leaders. He's a hybrid. <laughs> he's a hybrid because he's a vegan, but he's but he's hungry like he's a meat eater, and and he was helping feed two hundred families not just for mm. a day. This was the cool thing. He came he came to you. I remember because mm-hmm. I was there, and he was like, "No, we're not just going to feed two hundred people." in the community, we're going to feed them for a week. Mm. So the boxes were like, you know. Hefty. W- what are they? What is it called? Supersized. The boxes <laughs> were supersized. Family size? Family size. Or upsized. And it, and it was to feed a fa- upsized. It was to feed a family for a week. And I thought mm-hmm. it was so genius. It's like, we don't want to just meet the needs for a day. He's like, it's awesome. We want to be a part of that. We want to actually do it and, and be able mm-hmm. to carry it. But I was here on Saturday because we were, we were working on a project, and then Sunday, and then... But what, I'm, what, I, what I want to talk about is how, how do you, how, you know, handles for lethargy and neutral, lethargy of neutral, but also maybe um, sometimes I feel like I overwork myself because I don't know how to work the right way. Mm. Well, first of all, you just gave the answer. What? Step one to getting out of lethargy is find a way to serve other people. Right. And that really is, I think, the best, most proactive most dynamic way of getting yourself out of lethargy. Right. Because a lot of times when you feel lethargic, you, you kind of lost your own sense of purpose, your own sense of meaning. You wonder if your life even counts or matters and what's the point? It right. is like the subtle like subtext inside of you. Yeah. And and the moment you you shift out of that conversation to how can I help someone else? Mm-hmm. Or who's not doing even as well as I am. Mm-hmm. Who's struggling more? Who needs me to step up? Yeah. It, it's amazing how that does change the internal energy inside of you. Right. And, um, and so I say step one is always how do I serve? Where somewhere I can make even the smallest contribution to help someone else. Yeah. And so I think a part of the reason you jump up and go to work on Saturday and Sunday when you're feeling lethargic or you feel like you're stuck in neutral is that you just, you have this instinct that says, if I can work, if I can serve, if I can help other people, I'll get myself out of this funk. Yeah. No, I do. Because I do think, like, I've let myself on Saturdays be minimal. <laughs> <laughs> Catch up on some TV, do Duolingo on my phone, you know, mm-hmm. eat a light breakfast, have some coffee, go back to bed if I want, take a nap. What do? But then, but then there, there reaches a point where I'm like, okay, I've exceeded... I've exceeded my time on Instagram. I've exceeded my time on the couch. I need to go get something done. But how 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 can we um how can we re- remember like because I think what I, what I want to say is this like I think sometimes we get left in neutral because we forget who we were on Friday, and I'm like on Saturday I gave myself this space to be calm, mm-hmm. but then I get lost in the calm sometimes. Mm-hmm. And by Saturday night I'm like oh no I didn't do enough and I got to achieve 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 where I got to move. And then sometimes I feel like I'm just moving to stay alive, yeah. but but I don't know if I'm actually going anywhere. So how do I put um, drive into an actual healthy motion and not drive in circles, if that makes sense? It, it does. And if we say 
you know, one action item is serve others. Another one is have fun. Okay. Now, I, what, what's but challenging... But that help me with my direction? It will because um, when you enjoy life, your creative juices actually begin to flow. Okay. But when you are happy, when you, have, uh, when you find yourself laughing or enjoying a life, you're not thinking about how to solve problems. You're not thinking about how to solve your life problems, the world problems, mm -hmm. but your brain is actually mm -hmm. lubricated. Right. And it becomes more liquid, more adaptive, more creative. And then when you step back in to try to solve those problems or face those challenges, suddenly you can see things you couldn't see before. Okay. And I know for me, one of the things that has allowed me to remain creative throughout my life is that I give myself permission to enjoy life. Okay. It's funny, yesterday. You do, and you yeah. really do enjoy life. I really do. Yeah. And, and when, when I feel de depressed or down or um, just discouraged or lethargic, um, I'm not creative at all. I'm not, I'm not capable of solving any meaningful problems at all. Did you feel like you felt that way this last year, though? Because I feel like you achieved so much. Like, like you, you're pu you've put so much in the pipeline of mm -hmm. work, like graphic novels and, and books, and you're working your book the whole year, like your yeah. edits and, and, it, mm -hmm. and, and rewrites and, and adjusting. And this is going to be probably the most brilliant book, the most genius book I've ever seen you write, which mm -hmm. is really incredible. But like you started a clothing company. We did so much stuff with Mosaic. Did you mm -hmm. feel down at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I had days where I felt so down, I didn't know if there's any... Up. Well, any further down. You <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hit the bottom. I felt like I hit the bottom quite a few times along the way. And um, yeah, I just always remind myself that this is a temporary condition. You know, I don't know where, but even before I ever came to know about Jesus or became a follower of Christ... Um, in high school, I would make some really dumb decisions, and 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 you ever have that anxiety where you just feel like I'm never going to get out of this, or all like, the time, you know, like I just blew my whole life. Well, or... you created some really beautiful imagery of like this idea of like you don't know if you can go any further down. Yeah, and then I'm like, I feel like sometimes I look up in fear. Yeah, of like oh, I got to climb all the way back up. But you kind of are obsessed with the climb. Like you have fallen in love yeah. with the climb. Somewhere around the age of 15 or 16, I, I created this internal um, like motto. Oh. In 20 years, this isn't going to matter. Wow. And I'm not sure how it came into my soul. I'm not sure where it came from. I might have picked it up from a movie or a book. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm not yeah. saying it was original to me. I just know that it was authentic to me. And so I would be in this horrible situation in, uh, in high school or 10th, 11th grade, 12th grade, and I would tell myself, in 20 years, this isn't going to matter. And I, it, would, it would almost feel as if I was being... Um, pulled into the matrix, I would just, or pulled out of the matrix, and I would be able to see from the big picture and go, um, even like the crisis, someone's mad at you, like in 20 years, that 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 crisis isn't going to matter. In 20 years, that failure isn't going to matter. Yeah. And in 20 years, that disappointment isn't going to matter. Yeah. And it'll, and if you handle it right, you'll grow from it. And, and that's been a huge part of it for me, was always reminding myself that, uh, and now especially, uh, now that I've lived six decades, I've been through moments that are so bad, and I felt so overwhelmed and so defeated, and I survived them, and I and and now they're they're irrelevant to my past. Mm -hmm. They they could not stop the future from getting better, mm -hmm. and that is sort of I have this little mental war chest of yeah, but I went through that, yeah, yeah but I went through that, yeah. you know, and uh, and. And I think that you have to kind of create this little mental war chest. And because you, you've had moments where you come to me and go, I can't believe how good God is. 
Yeah. And then you have other moments you go, I don't know, does he think God exists? <laughs> donde Dios? And, uh, where and, is God? Is that, yeah. is that how you say it? Donde está Dios? De, donde está Dios? Yeah. And where is God? Yeah. <laughs> how you say it in French, Brian? Uh, I don't want to be put on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of saying I don't know. <laughs> what, is it? What, is, what is French for God? Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. We need someone from France to, to help us there. I'm learning Duolingo. I'm learning. I'm not learning Duolingo. I'm learning French on Duolingo. <laughs> and uh, um, and, and I, I think sometimes it's this this tension of in the in the moments where things aren't going the way you want them to go, or hope the way you hope for them to go, or it's almost like we get amnesia mm-hmm. and we forget all the good. Mm-hmm. And people who are resilient have an uncanny ability to never forget the good. Hmm. And people who lack resilience have an uncanny ability to have amnesia to all the good in their life. Hmm. And so what I would say is like, if you're listening, your spectrum of resilience is actually your ability to hold on to the good. Yeah, wow. And, And that's been for me the point of resilience all the way through my life. No matter what I'm going through, I never see failure or a challenge or a difficulty as permanent or pervasive. Wow. Okay, so I just want to recap because we're going to wrap this thing up. We've hit the time limit that we wanted. We wanted to create some shorter bites. All right. about it already. The recap is focus on others. Mm -hmm. Enjoy life. Yeah. Fall in love with the climb. Yeah, fall in love with the climb. What was the last one? Remember the good. Remember the good. I love it. Those are four... Good. Um, say one more time. You say one more time. No, you say your two, and I'll say my two. Okay. Focus on others, or or really serve others. Yeah, yeah. Serve others. Enjoy life. Fall in love with the climb. Remember the good. There you go. There you go. Four ways to fight lethargy, and to engage into resilience. And now we're battle ready. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Battle Ready. I hope you enjoyed a little quicker version of what we normally do. Thank you for uh, coming along for the ride and listening and watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment. If you are listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, rate and review this episode and this podcast. We are so grateful for you. Uh, thank you for all of our supporters on Anchor, people who are giving, whether it's a dollar, $5, or $9.99, we are so grateful for every single person. We have 127 supporters, which That's is really crazy. exciting. It's so wow. cool. So if, if you receive from this, if you gain from this, we would love to, um, to, to, to invite you to support. We're also going to release some merch soon. Maybe these cups. Should we release these cups? Oh, I think so. You think so? I love thumbs up. Cups. Double thumbs up in the booth? Okay. Double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. All right. Adios. <laughs> bon sweet. They clink glasses for those on the podcast. <laughs> okay, goodbye.